Welcome to Dr. Zoe Today, where the topics are always real, raw, and relevant about love, sex, and relationships. Warning, do not listen to this show if you are sensitive to controversial issues or easily offended. Dr. Zoe and her guests are not to be held liable for any shock, missing of the past, sudden desire of change, or uncontrollable laughter. Now, here's your host, Dr. Zoe. Hello, all my naughty ones, and welcome back to Dr. Zoe Today. Tonight, I have with me my brilliant good friend, Justin Jedlica. He's recently been all over e-entertainment. You probably have seen him on the episode of Botched or the show New Money. He also just did an e-special called Perfect and has been featured on e-news as well. Yes, it's that guy, the human Ken doll. Tonight, we're going to be discussing all of Justin's new and exciting projects and the Caitlyn Jenner era. Welcome back to the show, Justin. Hi, Dr. Zoe. So great to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes. So before we get started, I want you to give out your website and all your social media that you want to so my listeners can get connected if they're not already. Sure, no worries. Uh, Everyone can find me at justinjedlica.com. My latest latest press is there. All my consultant work is there and sort of my vision with what I'd like to do with my life. Uh, Obviously, my, my Twitter um, and uh, Instagram are just Justin Jedlica. So it's real easy, straightforward to go ahead and be able to find those things. <laughs> yes, let's go ahead and spell your last name. So it's Justin, and it's J-E-D-L-I-C-A, just in case. So check him out. You got it. And Justin, so I know this changes all the time, but where are we at as far as procedures, plastic surgery, up to date? What is the latest number of procedures? Oh, gosh, I couldn't even say. I think we got to be somewhere around two. I just got Botox yesterday. I got to be somewhere around 270 cosmetic procedures right now. <laughs> okay. And I know that changes all the time, too, but I always like to kind of, like, check in with that. Well, my dear, I want to congratulate uh, you on, like, dominating E this month. It's been crazy. I all over. I know. I You're... own it. Move over, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> you are all over the place. And you have some amazing new projects since the last time you're on too so let's talk about those and give me an update on what's going on yeah well I mean I you know as always I've been doing a plastic surgery consultant over the last few years and and consultations with individuals and it's just increased the number of people that have found me specifically for body implants has been immense and uh, I've been working with a lot of different clients and a lot of different doctors bringing them on board as uh, you know adding to the arsenal of people that I like working with and, and working with the implant companies So that's been really fun and exciting and definitely rewarding. One of the people that we actually followed through was on Botched. I worked with Albert, if anybody saw the episode, and uh, he was thrilled, and it was an amazing case to work with someone who actually suffered from Poland's disease but was a bodybuilder. It was a really challenging case, and at the end, uh, I think he was thrilled with everything. Yes, Uh, I love love that. Yeah, I love that. And then every time I turn on the television, of course, like I don't really watch that much TV, but I always watch E. And there you are. And especially the last segment where he's getting you to get in the gym and work out. That's hilarious. And you're like, <laughs> um, and you're like all dressed up. You look amazing. What were the shoes you were wearing? What were those shoes? The shoes are like fabulous. What were those shoes? These amazing, gorgeous rhinestones, uh, Giuseppe shoes that cost about three grand, and they're asking me to go work out at the gym in my Giuseppe. So, <laughs> I love it. I love the shoes. They're amazing. It's awesome. So congratulations on that. You have some other news. Brain. You you just signed a huge contract, right? I 
I well, hopefully yes, everything turns out good. I hope uh, I signed with Telepictures of Warner Brothers, and um, you know, we're we're about to go out and, and attempt to get get a show going with a network. So that's exciting. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and really be able to get the public to see a different side of me and, and a broader picture of who I am and what it is I love to do. Yes, awesome. I know all these things are underway, and I'm so excited about everything happening with you. And you got an agent to pick up your book project recently, so that's really exciting that's too. Let's talk about that a little bit. I know you mentioned it last time you're on, but let's talk about the book a little bit. Yeah, the book's a really cool idea for me. It's sort of about body modification. It's not a tell-all book about myself. I'm sort of the subject, but it references beauty over the years. It talks about the different ways that body modification has been around for generations and generations and how, you know, in a lot of cultures, even you look at different tribes where scarification is something that was thought of as a badge of honor. It was something you earned, you know, you go through like when people did neck elongations and, and, and all of these sort of extreme things that people mm. view now as, as the plastic surgery being something new. It's not really any different than what other cultures have done for years in order to sort of right. validate themselves and or give themselves a, like a different standing in their community. You know, it, it, it's sort of like you're wearing your luxury, you're wearing your worth and it sort of goes through like a, a, a time period over the years and sort of explains why this is not really anything that's all that new it's just a different way of people sort of showing off and expressing their wealth and, and you're like, definitely you know, wearing your luxury baby I mean really I mean of course that's why you're on featured on new money but you're definitely wearing your luxury it's awesome I love the fact that you're you know such a trailblazer in this so also so you have this book coming out the book project and then you have have an event, a medical convention coming up, TSA, this month, right? You have this event where you're going to be a VIP male model. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the event is actually TAS. It's the Aesthetic Show for 2015, and I've been nominated for an achievement award by the medical community of this event, which is pretty very cool for me. Uh, And I get to appear as a male model, and they've also they're bringing in the plastic surgeon who worked on my back implants that we just featured on Botch. So for me, I'm, I'm actually more excited to even be able to network and be around all of the innovations that are happening in plastic surgery and to spend four days down there at the win. It's a really exciting opportunity for me to not just showcase myself, my talent, but also meet other people who are extremely talented and doing new things in the field of plastics. That's awesome. So are they connected to, cause, so people can look forward to also seeing you on AestheticTV.com soon, right? Definitely. They have their own television show that's broadcast as aestheticstv.com, and um, I'll be featured on a couple of those episodes while we do some of the press and, and the media that uh, be surrounding this uh, event just happening next month, in July 9th to the 12th. Awesome, awesome. Tell me about your implant line. I know you helped this young guy on Botched, which was so inspirational, but you're also really pursuing getting your implant your implant line out there. So what is going on with that? What's the latest developments on that? And then also put it out there, what you're really looking for with that. Yeah, the, I mean, the implant line is something that I've wanted to do for a while, and I just feel like it, the, it's such an uh, underdeveloped niche right now. What's out on the market is really so juvenile, and I think there's so much potential to be able to help people in a cosmetic sense as well as a reconstructive sense where, you know, it doesn't just have to be cosmetic. I mean, you have a lot of people who come back and these veterans who need reconstruction, and they can benefit from the same implants that I may be doing for a cosmetic purpose right. in their own way. And and so right now I've signed 
a non-disclosure with the manufacturing company but still looking to pair with the distributing company or a company that possibly does both of those but is looking for uh, someone like me to be able to sponsor and create okay. a Okay, so just for people who don't know that are listening, how many implants have you personally designed for your own body? So I have 16 custom implants in my body right now. Okay, and then how do you, but I think, like, for people that don't know, because they'll see you, Justin, they will see you on different Mm -hmm. shows and things like that, and it's like, oh, there's that guy, that guy, you Mm -hmm. know, that guy who, you know, whatever. But you actually, like, sit down, like, an architecture, and you you design these implants yourself. It's true. I mean, I I measure everything down to the tenth of the centimeter. I design them by hand on paper. I've always thought of myself as an artist. I always love to sketch and draw and paint and sculpt with clay. And, you know, designing implants for me is another way to sort of incorporate sculpture with the added challenge of working with the anatomy. So Mm -hmm. it's a really cool medium to be able to work with. And uh, and it's really great to be able to have doctors that are beginning to respect what I'm doing and and what I can offer to the public. And, And hopefully it just leads me to bigger and better things. So with the implant line, what kind of implants are you wanting to get out there? Well, right now on the market, I I think that there's definitely some implants that could just be improved on through a couple tweaks, like bicep implants could be changed. The tricep implants could be a bit more anatomically correct. The deltoids that I have, they don't exist on the market. The only way to do it is to make them custom, which I'm working with some clients right now to do that, but they're still not available to the masses. So most plastic surgeons wouldn't have a clue how to even begin doing this. Okay. Um, and not to say that not to say they're not capable, but it's just it takes a lot of time and effort to sit down with the patient and make custom pieces like that. So, like my latissimus implants, Tara's implants on my back, those are things they don't exist on the market. And I have people writing in to me about them, and and it's sort of something that I have to personally guide people through. And it would be great if I could get it to a broader audience. Uh, a quadricep implants, you know, two piece quads, two piece calves, but you know pieces that actually mimic muscle. And and so augmentation of the muscle is something that I just think could be furthered so much more with better implants. And it doesn't just have to be done with fat transfer, which right now is sort of the main thing that doctors would push on the market for augmentation. Okay, so your back implants are the latest, most extravagant op- surgery that you've had, correct? Okay, so uh, just for the record, so approximately how much have you spent so far on your body? So I, right now I have to be around $265,000, $270,000. Okay, let's talk about the back real quick. So the back implants, tell me a little bit about, so we all have seen, like, you know, the media and the press, you're all over the place with this, and again, a trailblazer, and you, you designed these, you custom designed these, you found the doctor that you worked with to put them in. The doctor's also going with you to the convention as well, right? This convention He will be there. Up. TAS convention. Okay, excellent. So is he going to be speaking on this or? He will be. Okay. Yes, he'll he'll, he'll be there. He's going to be giving a speech specifically about dealing with uh, plastic surgery in male patients. Talk to me about your healing, your (laughs) personal experience, your healing process and things like that. And how happy are you with the results? I mean, I always heal rather quickly. I mean, for me, it's about two weeks, you know, 10 days to two weeks. Uh, the incisions were all underarm, so there's no real visible external scars. And uh, I had two of the implants under the muscle, two of the implants basically under the skin. So they're kind of double stacked, one on top of the other. So when they move, you get that realistic movement of the muscle, the illusion of that, I guess right. I should say. 
Um, right. It really wasn't a bad, a bad process. It's just the implant is a massive implant. It was so big. It has to be the largest implant I've ever seen in my life. Definitely the largest ones I put in my body. And uh, it's a little bit scary when you look at them and think, wow, those things are in here. I mean, I have one here in my house, for example. You hold it. They weigh a lot. I think I probably have 30 pounds of implants in my body. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Justin, I must say, you are, you know, as a serious entrepreneur myself, I love the way you do business. Your contractual relationships are on point. You're always, you know, you're always very good at doing business, and I love that. I love, you know, I like I said, I don't think people who see you realize just how brilliant you truly are. And as you know, my Thank company... You. My company, Catapult Enterprises, we have so many clients. You're familiar with my company. You came through our Life Coach Certification Program. And everyone, you can go visit catapultent.com. It's catapult with a K. It's K-A-T-A-P-U-L-T-E-N-T, short for enterprises.com. You can go check out Justin there, and you can check out what we do. But one of the projects that my company has coming up is aesthetic centers called Saluna. So they're going to be a national franchise of aesthetic centers doing everything that, you know, in aesthetics, but something that's going to kind of set them apart is they're going to have, like, the cryo chambers. You know what I'm talking about, the cryo saunas and yes. have, you, have you done that at all have you done i've ever never done that? but i always read about michael jackson having one in his basement <laughs> okay so right him. now it's readily available <laughs> in like new york and la so what we're going to do with saluna is we're going to make these available at other places make them more readily available but they're going to cater another thing that's going to set them apart is they're going to cater to both men and women so they're going to have, you know how most of these places, they have a spa-like feminine feel. So within sure. the Saluna centers, we're going to have a man cave where men can come, where there's more like <laughs> leather and wood and metals, and it's going to have more of like a masculine vibe where men can come in and feel comfortable getting these procedures done. Because with you having your finger on the pulse in this industry, how I mean, how much more common do you think it is for men to take advantage of these kinds of services? It's really changed a lot. Yeah, I think it has, and I think it will continue. I mean, obviously, with a pioneer like myself who's continuing to push male-specific procedures into the public's eye, I think that uh, you will see more and more men coming forward and, and feeling comfortable and accepted to be able to go and, and modify their bodies or attempt to improve themselves. And it's, it's something that I think will definitely have a lot of growth in the next few years. And I, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think a lot of the kudos go towards you know, people like me yes. and some of the other uh, wannabe Ken dolls that are out there bringing <laughs> the to the public. <laughs> wannabe Ken dolls. You are the original. You're original. <laughs> when were you, you were coined the human Ken doll by, was it 2020? Is that right? It was, yes. Okay. And that was, so how they, long, they, that was a long time ago. They initially mentioned it, I, and the first piece I did with them, it was about a little over three years ago now, and ever since then, it just went viral, and my life has been consumed with the human Ken doll persona. <laughs> okay, so as one of the male tra trailblazers in Aesthetics for Men, I'm really looking forward to getting you involved in Saluna. I want you to make guest appearances at the grand opening events, and I'm also interested when you have your book out, I want you to come and do book signings at these different locations across the nation. I think it will be awesome. I'm really excited about having you involved in this. Well, we... 
we are still looking for a publishing company for our book, but we've just gotten our agent. So, so that, that's still obviously in the works, but I would love to come and support Saluna. It sounds like an awesome opportunity, and I really appreciate that you guys are thinking about the male customers because it's something that is so overlooked right now in the field of beautification, and it's awesome to sort of see equality trickling into that. Yes, awesome, awesome. So excited. And everyone, again, you can stay tuned via Catapult Enterprises. That's K-A-T-A-P-U-L-T-E-N-T.com. Okay, now for our topic of the night, Justin, Caitlyn Jenner. So I know a lot of people have been asking your opinion on Caitlyn, and I love you so much, and I appreciate you coming here on my show and giving us the first exclusive inside view that you have on the whole situation. So let me ask you this, first of all. We all admire Caitlyn's bravery and the tremendous positive impact that she's making on the transgender community, but what does it mean to you personally? Well, I just think it is an awesome experience to be able to see someone that was such a masculine role model for so many years and, um, you know, to be deemed the male athlete of the world when he won all of these events in the Olympics. And now uh, you find out that, you know, he's had this this other side that he's been hiding for so long and people's people's brains are like scrambled by the idea of this. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for him to have the courage to come forward after being so public with his family life and his and and himself being a father and having children of his own I mean that man is extremely brave and uh to see him transition and to see how happy that he is now I I feel like it it has to be an awesome part of his life but additionally I feel so bad to have to go through it in such a public way I don't think anybody would choose to transition especially if it's the way you felt you always wanted to be your whole life and transitioning late in life is even harder than if you had done it earlier and uh, it's never an easy process but I I just uh, my heart goes out to that man (laughs) and 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 I guess I should should say goes out to Caitlin um, because uh, she's an extremely extremely strong individual to do this in front of the press and and I applaud him for it right absolutely and it's like um, so one of the first experience I had with interviewing a transgender person was Thomas Beatty, the pregnant, the pregnant man. So born female, you know, and then didn't uh, change the female reproductive parts, but had, sure. you know, a double mastectomy. So here she, he is, you know, pregnant. And, um, and the world was just like, wow, there's even like a huge uh, statue, you know, to this person. And it was just really interesting to, learn, you know, especially the pronouns, you know, being very conscious of the pronouns. And, you know, this person had been on Barbara Walters and Oprah and all this stuff and never really felt like they got to speak their piece, came on my show and was able to be themselves. And I truly appreciated that. So it kind of gave me a kind of inside feel and vibe. And, you know, I'm friends with all kinds of different people. I feel like I'm kind of like the bridge (laughs) between conservative and non-conservative sometimes. But, I mean, it just is who I am in the world, and I love I love it. I, I truly love it. But I really, like, for this, like, with the pronouns and stuff like that, it's, like, it's all for us to get. And because Bruce Jenner was who Bruce Jenner is and now is Caitlyn, it is difficult, I think, for people in the media and things like that to be conscious of that. How important do you think that is? 
You know, I mean, I think everybody has to go through their own journey with it. I mean, I work with a lot of trans individuals, um, majority male to female, but I, I have worked at even building implants for a decent number of trans where it was female to male and they're looking to masculinize themselves. And, um, you know, I mean, everyone has to has to have their right. their own sort of set specifics of when they would like to change uh, the he, she version of the way they represent themselves and the way they have uh, the expectation of the world to sort of, um, you know, announce who they are. And, and I think that depends with your family, your friends, um, how everyone's comfort level is with it. So uh, it's really a personal decision. I don't know right. that there is a right, a right or wrong necessarily, but obviously Caitlin is now presenting herself to the world as a woman and regardless of what anatomically he is. He is. Uh, he feels more comfortable presenting himself as a woman, and we right. should all refer to Caitlin as a she. Uh, plastic I, surgery doesn't make a transsexual person. Right. Something that I love is that um, you know, in the interview that he did, he talked with Diane Sawyer. He talked about how you're, you know, who you feel you are sexually as your gender doesn't necessarily mean who you are as far as your sexual preference. Sure, so, gender identity and, and, yes. and sexual preference are completely different. One yes. does not necessarily go in hand with the other. So just because Caitlin is now transitioned from a male to a female, um, it doesn't mean that he necessarily is attracted to men. Uh, right. But I do think I was watching recently on the Kardashians, and I found it interesting um, where he did say they and his daughters were asking him questions, and he, he said, was like, you know, "I'm not, I'm not sure. sure." Yeah, I'm not sure. It, it, you know, right. it's an interesting place to be where I'm, I'm, where you're sitting there as as that trans individual going, you know, I didn't maybe even contemplate this before, but now I may get attention as a female, and would that possibly open up my mind to receive that attention and possibly receive that love from someone who is actually the same as my natural born gender but isn't my currently presented gender right right which so I think I, the world is headed in that direction more and more where I think people are becoming more open-minded and realizing that you know I just think that things are changing rapidly and even here on the show Justin we're getting so many more people who are opening up and writing in about wanting to have gender reassignment and even parents who are writing in about their transgender children Justin you know me and I'm sure. very open-minded, but like I said, you know, I feel like I'm kind yeah. of like this go-between between conservative America and then very controversial, you know, topics and things. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody listening who is more conservative about what's happening right now in society before their eyes? Because, of course, a lot of people are resisting change. What would you say to conservative America about all of this? Oh, well, I'm not conservative America, so that would be hard, <laughs> but... Um, my my husband is is conservative America, and um, I mean I think that you know as we have young people being reared during this era where now we have Caitlyn, we now have six additional shows that I've heard have been sold that are trans shows that will eventually be out. Ryan Seacrest has put out a show. Um, and I think that, you know, with more exposure to this, I mean, we will see the younger generation become more uh, in tune and acceptable with sort of disregarding labels and hopefully not putting quite as much of a discriminatory spin on things. Um, now, conservative people, I, I don't know what else to say. They have to just have exposure. You have to respect right. people for their own choices, and you have to be able to hear them out. I mean, we, I think everybody wants 
uh, everyone else to be able to live their life to the fullest, to be able to enjoy their life. And if they're not hurting anybody else, moreover, we have to be able to respect them. And, and right. I think that, uh, you know, leave yourself open to the possibility of loving whoever it is that affects you in your life. And, right. and and that's the only way you're ever going to change your mindset to things. I mean, to be close-minded because of the way you're brought up or religion, it just doesn't serve anyone well. That's true. That's very, very true. Back to Caitlin. How do you personally feel the Kardashian-Jenner family has handled the transition? I mean, I thought it was interesting that Chloe was seemingly gave the most pushback out of any of the kids. I know that my heart went out to Chris, and and normally I, I really <laughs> found her kind of brash, but I, I feel I feel really bad for her, and and I think it must be hard for for his wife to uh, move forward now and trust her judgment, um, finding a new partner in life. And now that they're separated, I I think that the family has handled it amazingly well, actually, and. The fact that they are all willing to be public with him, I think, is a real testament to the fact that he's raised an amazing family and um, that they are, that although all of the rest of the children seem to be straight, if you want to say that, that's the way they're being portrayed as far as I've seen in the media, and yet they're, they're, um, they're really open to their dad and even right. their father's comments about possibly being open to receive uh, affection or attention from another male now that he's transitioning. And they love him regardless. And, and I think that they're just shows how tightly knit and close their family are. And that one thing that does seem definitely genuine about the Kardashians through this entire experience that we watch them go through on television. Yeah, I think that Kim is really accepting, and she's, you know, so, like, helping Caitlyn with her fashion choices and things like that. But Courtney, I mean, is thus far, out of anything that we know out in the media, she has not told her children yet who would be Caitlyn's grandchildren. And um, I know recently for Father's Day, you know, Courtney was not there. So even though Scott has gone on and be, you know, being extremely, um, you know, just extremely accepting and loving and and kind as far as I could see. I think it's interesting some of the different, you know, dynamics where Courtney is just having a hard time, I think, with her, how she's going to explain it to her children. To her kids, yeah. Yeah. What would you say to somebody listening? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, what would you say to somebody listening that might be going through something similar with their own family members? Oh, that's hard. I mean, like I I think everything, you know, happens in its own time. Uh, Obviously, there always comes a point where you have to push it a little bit and it becomes – uh, it, it, it becomes something that will be slightly uncomfortable in the beginning, but after a while, you know, what once was difficult becomes normal, and, and you have to just show that you still love that person and you expect that your your children will follow suit and that they will love who you love, and that's what family is about. You don't always get right. to pick and choose other people's decisions, but that's what makes family family. That's, that's, what, that's what keeps everybody together as a unit is that, you know, you promise to love and support each other and you may not always love someone's decisions, whether that's a partner, whether it's their choice of how they choose to live uh, their gender out in public or their, 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 their appearance of their gender in public. But right. know, that's what family is supposed to be. And, right. and I think hopefully stuff, she brings her kids on board. Yeah, I think all this stuff with the kids seems pretty normal to me. You know, I think yeah. that, you know, uh, Kylie and Kendall are both very accepting and they're icons in, in them in their own right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. this has to be really difficult at their age to deal with it, but I think they've handled it with grace. I think that they've handled it amazingly. I am so just thrilled because of always being a controversial person myself. I'm so thrilled with 
how much this is just pushing us forward so much forward in society as a whole and accepting people. And I, so I love sure. that so much. But I must say, I have been a little surprised at Chris's reaction. You know, I mean, she's an affluent figure in the media. I just haven't been, you know, the way that she's handled it. And I mean, of course, it's very difficult. I've dealt with a lot of situations like this, like this, Justin, with my own clients. A few years ago, I had a mega church pastor and his wife, and I helped them deal with the media and him coming out as a gay man. And the wife was the CFO of their huge mega church and handled the media from CNN to locally where they were located in Atlanta, where they were based. I mean, she handled it like a rock star. Well, this is this is Chris Jenner is 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 now Caitlyn's manager. If I'm if I'm if I speak correct, that's, that's what <laughs> wow. I, I understood. Is that she's she's still managing him, and regardless of being devastated, I mean, that's obviously where her green's coming in. Right. And I still think she has she has to love her memories, her children, and her previous life with her husband. So I'm sure there's still love there. You know, it is interesting for me. You know, I look at that situation and I look at my situation with my husband and his children. And my husband has never actually um, had his children meet me. And we've been together for six years. Wow. Uh, and he still insists that the, the kids aren't ready. They're 19 and 21. And they're say they, they say they're not ready. However, they readily accept our cash to support themselves. So it's interesting because on, on one side, I mean, I can talk at one side of my mouth and not the other and preach acceptance all the time. I will say it's extremely hurtful to me at a lot of points, but because I love I'm my sure. husband, I deal with, I with it. But, right. I, but I can... In one way, I can sort of understand my husband sees me as sort of this very outgoing, flamboyant, uber-gay character who's now on television <laughs> for extreme plastic surgery, and, and he has his hesitancies about introducing me to his kids, and that's now, hurtful. Now, wait, let me, let me pause you just for a second. Do you think that's because of his, because of what he, who he is as a businessman and because of his past life. Obviously, he was married to a woman and had these children. So do you think that that's what it is, just his, like, how society would view him? And that's why he, I mean, what, give me a little bit more inside-wise. Where, where do you think he's I, coming from? I think it's some of both. I mean, honestly, I mean, we're married on paper. It's not hard for people to go look it up and, and figure out necessarily who he is. But it's um, it's it's partially, you know, he says it's the business. He says, you know, he doesn't want to ruffle feathers with the ex-wife. He feels like it could be embarrassing to her, as I would probably feel like Courtney might think, you know, like he doesn't want – she doesn't want to tell the kids about this thing. What is it? What does that mean to them and their friends? Are they going to equally so sort of get a lashback from, from other kids in school? And you want to protect your kids as best you can. So right. I can understand both sides of that argument from my husband as well as we're referencing the Kardashians here. But at a certain point, I think if you don't sort of bite the bullet and push people into that space, push your children into that space to say, hey, this is the same person. We still love them regardless of what they look like or how they choose to present themselves. So who loses really is the kids, really are the relationships in the family, and it's a hard thing to go through regardless. But if you don't do it, then you don't have a tight-knit family. And, and unfortunately, that's what's happened with mine and my husband's family. They are just not meshed with us, and my family is our true only family. And, so and that's six years and you have not met his children? I have not met a single person from my husband's family, no. In six years? And nobody and, and and nobody came nobody came for our for our wedding. Um, you know, there's there's no contact and I've just had to accept that, you know, if I love my husband 
that's something I have to deal with. You know, he sees them on their own time. They don't come to our home. They won't take a dinner. Um, and they are, you know, they are, as far as I'm concerned, grown adults, and they they seem to still not want to be intermixed with me. And and that's something that's hurtful because I feel like I'm a very giving and open person. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking to be accepted overnight, but the opportunity to be understood and to be heard would be nice. Um, and because I think I think a lot of what my husband's kids hear are just the five or ten minute excerpts on television, and that's their understanding of who I am. And they haven't really given me the opportunity to present myself in my entirety and to be able to show my love and affection for their father um, and be able to hopefully extend it to them one day. But right. um, hopefully, hopefully Courtney doesn't do that to her kids. I mean, obviously it's still new, but and remains to be seen how it all pans out. But I do think that, you know, the sooner you tell them and try to work it in, the better for everybody. Exactly, exactly. And that's what families are made of. And I think that this being so huge in the media is making a difference in so many people's lives. So it's amazing. And going through different transitions and things like this, it's so important that if it's advice on picking the best plastic surgeon or it's advice on how to handle, you know, the media or if it's advice on going through a a life transition, that's why you've got to hire consultants like us, Justin, you know? I mean, you know, exactly. we all have our specialties, and I think it's so important that, like, my whole brand is built on being a confidant to people, to leaders yeah. who don't have anyone to yeah. talk to. And you are, you know, this trailblazer, and you have a wealth of knowledge. Who else should you talk to if you're thinking about having plastic surgery procedures done? Justin is like the golden god of plastic surgery. So we all have our wealth of knowledge and the things, and I think that reaching out and getting that support, what, whatever it may be, it's so important to have people like in your corner when it comes to that kind of stuff. So with that being said, Definitely. we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to answer your questions with Justin Jedlicka. Dr. Zoe has been a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and the confidential coach to celebrities, leaders in business, religion, and sports for over a decade. Take advantage and submit your questions on love, sex, and relationships via the Dr. Zoe Today app, drzoetoday.com, or simply hashtag AskDrZoe on Twitter. Be sure to tune in every week to hear your questions answered by Dr. Zoe and her guests. Your connection for pop sexuality. Okay, Justin Jellica. I love you so much. Oh, I just love you. You're you like that about the kids. You like it about the kids, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, too? I just love the fact that whenever someone asks me about you, it's not just like, oh, this guy who has all these implants and he's got, you know, he's the human Ken doll and, you know, he looks this way and he is this guy I saw on E. It's like I love to tell them the other side, like, he is so intelligent it's amazing. This guy is an Einstein. I mean, I just respect you. I love you. And I love, and again, and then you're business savvy. Mm, very, very nice. Okay, <laughs> let's get to these questions that the, we, we get thousands of questions every week. There's no way we can get to all of your questions, and I'm so sorry, guys. But keep them coming, and we will get to as many as possible. Okay, Enrique wrote in. He put, does Justin get into S&M like in Fifty Shades of Grey? And if so, is he afraid of damaging his implants? 
Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, S and M. I, I I'm not I, I I'm not exactly sure I know exactly what that would all entail, but I don't ever really have a closed mind per se. <laughs> so I mean I guess I'd be open and willing with the right individual, but I, I as far as the implants are concerned, they're not going anywhere. Um everything's healed and not nothing shifts or moves. Um, I can be used and abused as a toy just as much as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I love that. Okay, Linda Rhoda, do you think Caitlin should still refer to herself as her children's father slash dad? That is confusing to me. Ooh. Well, I think that that's obviously a talk that Caitlin would have to have with the kids and with the grandkids and, and, and it's something they have to sort of decide. I, I think if it was me, I would feel that I'd be a little awkward if I had transitioned and the kids still talked to me as they like, called me grandpa <laughs> and I was Yeah, Caitlin. yeah. Um, but I think I think because Father's Day just passed and I did notice that like um, one of the girls, it was Kylie or Kendall, I'm not sure which, but they put out something like, even though you know your transitions and everything, you're always going to be my dad and all that kind of stuff. So I think that they're really. True open to and then father's day they had a celebration and i think most of the kids were there some of the kids weren't there they were but you know i think that they are still considering and i think that well, that's he the right thing father. he fathered he fathered them yeah. so whether he or not he whether or not she she is caitlin now she still is who you know fathered Correct. these children she, so she even though their father Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, Brooke wrote in, and put, how does Justin feel the LGBT community is accepting Caitlin? Do you think it's helping society, or is it one big circus? Um, well, it's interesting because I always have a weird notion about LGBT because LGBT to me is 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 a mixture of two totally different things, and I don't necessarily agree with clustering them all together. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the gays and lesbians that that is an issue where you're talking about people who have an issue with their um the, who, who they're sexually attracted to and then right. you have you have transsexuals who are it's, it's a gender identity issue so they're different things um but i i think that i've heard a lot of pushback from it and a lot of um snarky comments sort of what? saying what are doing for publicity it pisses me off, Justin. It makes me mad. I'm sorry to interrupt. But, like, Thomas Beatty, who is a personal friend of mine as well, and then, you know, Angelo Garcia, who's openly bisexual. LGBT sure. community has not accepted either one of them and has made narky comments at them, too. So I think that labels is what the problem is, like authentic being authentically sure. you, we're each individuals, and whoever that is, like, I think once we get it ingrained in our heads that we're each different, we're so different. Each one of us is different. The world doesn't need any right. fucking carbon copies, period. We're all so different. If everyone wasn't trying to bite off other people and be, like you talked about all these other little human Ken doll wannabes coming out, you know what I mean? <laughs> if everyone, like, looked sure. at you as an example and you're, you're – blazing trails for these different things and everything, but don't try to take that or try to be you because you can't. You can't. No one can be me. No one can be you. Nobody can be anybody else. So if people embrace their individuality and their authentic self, sexually, mentally, emotionally, 
in every single way, we wouldn't have these issues with all these labels. And I think that's what the major problem is with LGBT community is that, okay, well, if you're gay, you're gay, and you can't be attracted to women at all. Well, bullshit. Everybody's different. Everyone is different. Well, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have an issue just in general with that family. I mean, if you want to take it just out of the trans category and talk about it just as the Kardashians, because they have monetized so much of their family life that right. now we have Caitlyn obviously monetizing, supposedly standing to make something around $500 million is what I heard over the next four years off of the show and endorsement. Wow. Um, and I, I mean, I say good honor because I mean, she's, she's taken a big step out and a very courageous one to, to make herself public, to help other people feel like they're okay to, to be who they feel right. like they need to be, to be their best version of themselves. And who is it for everybody else to judge? And the funniest thing is, I guarantee you, that show is going to have the highest ratings on on that network for the next few months because we're all intrigued by this story and by this individual's courage and tenacity to push forward out of where we wanted to put them and label them. They, They jumped out of the box. And in all honesty, that's... That's kind of the biggest, like, they, story I've seen on the Kardashians ever. I mean, they, she jumped out of the box. And in back to the Diane Sawyer <laughs> interview, something that just resonated with me and stayed with me was, like, here I was. I was the one that had the story. Here's this huge <laughs> empire of the Kardashians keeping up with the Kardashians. And God bless them. I mean, yes, they've monetized, and they're sure. excellent business people as well. And they're awesome when it comes to branding and marketing and all of that, but they, she jumped out of the box and said, I'm the one that has the story, and look at the way that when Caitlyn was Bruce on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, he was kind of pushed to the side and treated like, yes. you know, treated, not treated well. Not treated Almost well like on the joke. public side. Almost like a joke. Almost yeah. like a joke. Go play with your helicopters. Go play with your helicopters. <laughs> Go do this. Go do that. Yeah, 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 Bruce. And look, and look at her now. And look at her now. <laughs> so it's amazing <laughs> to me. And I say I, $500 million is just the start. I think it's going to be incredible. And I am so excited about it because it is, you know, it changes society's views. And that's what we want to do is challenge people's thinking. Okay, Matthew wrote in. Definitely. He put, did Justin Jellica ever want to be a woman? Ooh. <laughs> um, you know, when I was a kid and I was in my teens, you know, even after I came out, I really didn't feel a big acceptance. I was living in the South with my family. And uh, I, I found that, you know, the gays were still kind of stereotyping me by the way I spoke and my mannerisms. And I started doing drag. And when I started doing drag, it opened up a whole new level of confidence that I lacked as an effeminate boy. And after a while of doing drag, I started dressing all the time. And it became something where I I lost a little bit of myself, but in in pretending I was this other person. And I I contemplated transitioning for a while. And and I started having some surgeries where I thought, well, this, this could kind of flex as boy or girl when I started doing my injections in my buttocks. And um, and I talked to my mom about it after a while, and it was something that I seriously considered. I never went on hormones, um, and I never went and had my hips done or anything like that, but it was definitely a serious thought, and it, it took a long time, and, and a couple boyfriends for me who, who really accepted me for who I was with my effectiveness right. and all the differences that I had versus what I guess the norm, quote-unquote, uh, even gay male would, would have, uh, to realize that I was actually willing to change my entire being of who I was 
so that I could appease everyone else and gain a form of acceptance. It wasn't that I genuinely ever wanted to be a woman. However, I was going down that trail for a while. And, right. uh, and I kind of had, had an aha moment after a while where I was like, you know, I don't need to spend three hours to go present myself to be somebody else um, because who I was, was wanted and loved by some by 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 other people but as a as a late teen early 20s I didn't feel that way and I still felt rejected and the only acceptance I found in that time of my life was through drag and me dressing as a woman so yes I went through that stage for a period and uh, and I definitely considered it but I'm glad that I didn't um, not to say there's anything wrong with transitioning. It just right. would have been the wrong call for me because I would have been transitioning for the wrong reason. And that reason would have been to make everybody else click with what they thought right. I should be because they said when you, your effeminacies click when you're a girl and your hand mannerisms click. And that, that's all okay because we label those as feminine qualities. So when I dressed as a woman, they were like, well, this all works better for us. We need it to fit in this box. And I started to go, oh, okay, people like me better like that. And I really started to believe it myself. Um, right. So it was it, it was a long journey for me to be able to be okay with who I was and really enjoy and be confident in myself as a young man. I appreciate you being so open and for sharing that because I I just love the fact and you know the last show we did and everyone you can go listen to it in the archives was authentically plastic because you know and you were like oh yeah Dr. Zoe I'm real authentic I'm all plastic and I thought no you are so authentic my signature and one of my taglines has always been the opportunity to reinvent yourself presents itself daily and the reason why I believe that is because we're constantly ever evolving everything that we go through my I've been through so many adversities, ups and downs, things that have happened crazy. When my life story comes out, it's going to blow people's minds. They're going to be like, what? But seriously, <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world because every single thing I've been totally. through, I, I, it, we're ever evolving. We're changing constantly. So thank you for being so open with that question. The next question is from Susie. It says, can Justin explain lower gender reassignment surgery? How does a man fully transition into a woman and vice versa. So let's do the man first. So lower, re, uh, lower gender reassignment for a man. What, how would that work? Lower gender reassignment? Yeah. Well, the hormones, but that's not necessarily going to get rid of your penis or your Right, testes. exactly. But uh, that's uh, usually how, they, how it starts, is starting with... They have, you can have, I've had a lot of girlfriends actually who have what's called an orchiectomy. So an orchiectomy, you can have your testes removed, but you can actually still keep your penis. So I have a lot of trannies that enjoy being the active role. In, in gay lingo, we call it being a top. Um, and so they wanted to keep their penis, but they get rid of their testes. But that also takes out a lot of their test production, so they don't have to take quite as much estrogen. So you can do a partial trans as a male to female in that respect and still retain your penis, although your test level goes way down. But that will save you on your hormones and not having to do injections quite so often. And then the obvious surgery where they actually turn a penis into a vagina uh, honestly depends on the length of the penis, which is interesting. The longer the penis is the deeper the vagina that can be made. And so they actually take that tissue and majority of it, without going too much detail, it's inverted. And then there's a series of activities that have to be done afterwards uh, to be able to keep that channel open and um, everything's connected so that it works 
just like a regular female's anatomy and they, they form, you know, the lips and all of this with, with grafting and, and tools like that. So typically in the past, it would take, you know, three or four surgeries. I mean, now you see some of these doctors actually performing a majority of it in one, possibly two. So um, it's, it's, it's an interesting, very cool procedure to sort of see go on. I mean, the female to male is a bit more difficult and uh, they have to take grafts, but they have done some amazing things where I've even seen uh, flaccid gains on pe- uh, penis, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say penis gains, I guess uh, you want to talk about it, and actually constructing penises where it, at flaccid, they're nine, ten inches. I've seen some of them actually, and they'll do grafts on like the inner thigh or different portions of the body where they harvest the tissue, but then there still has to be an implant that, that's, that's put in at a later date after that tissue all heals, and uh, right. there's also more grafting <laughs> that they have to do in order to make the illusion of the gland for the head. Right. Thomas uh, has had that surgery, and um, he came on and talked about that as well. And it is. It, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot of surgery. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big commitment. I think it's a huge For commitment sure. when they're going to do something like that. Okay. Let's see here. We have another question from Twitter that says, I'm curious, when Justin Jellicoe goes swimming, does he float because of all of his implants? <laughs> I float because of my boobs, and they're real. So, you know, I mean – Let's talk about you, honestly, when you get if, in the water. Because I know you're like me. You, you love the beach. You love the water. So what happens? I, I just I just love wearing as little clothes as possible. So, yes, the beach is a place I do. <laughs> um, we see but, that. <laughs> we see that, sweetheart. We see that. I remember one time I turned on. It's like I've had a long day. I'm like, oh, I turn on. Oh, there's my buddy Justin. And you had, like, your cock in somebody's face. I forget what it was. But your, your ass, your, your perfect ass and your and your butt was in this little swimsuit and you were like on I think it was E News or something. Oh, e. I don't remember. It was, it was, it was the Botch reunion. Was yes, it yeah, yes, and was it Maria face. that you had your you had your dick in her face? Yes. I, mean, I think she grabbed your ass too. Well she asked for it. It wasn't like I just went willy nilly on my own. They yeah, me. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was she I was like, Come over here. No. Let me feel that thing. No. <laughs> I mean I, I would say if you think that I float and I'm buoyant, you should see my girlfriend Lacey Wild with her with her hot <laughs> she, she she she's like the she like flies like like a hot air balloon out of the water. Those things are so big. Um, I don't know that I'm actually any more buoyant than anyone else, but it would be interesting to see if I actually just toss the implants in the bathtub. Maybe I'll try it tonight and see what happens. Oh, yeah. sorry. I mean not. Not the ones that are in me, my my samples. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Of course not. Yeah, don't do that, Justin. Okay, that's a lot of that's a lot of money that you've spent. Okay, out of all the celebrities that Justin has met, who was his favorite? Who was the most interesting? And who did he li- dislike the most? This is another Twitter oh, question. That's mean. I don't know. I'm not a mean person. That's difficult. Uh, most interesting. Um, I have to. Meeting Janice Dickinson was really interesting. Um, mm. You know, obviously, she's a supermodel in her own right, and she does reality TV, and I respect what she did with the Janice Dickinson modeling agency. And um, she just, as a personality, there's so much going on. And um, the the energy level sort of through the roof, and, and she's just rambunctious <laughs> and kind of crazy. Um, I love that. So, That's awesome. Uh, she was a... She was an interesting meet. I don't know if it was by far my favorite, but it was it was very different. I, I have to say it wasn't what I expected at all, especially since she's uh, since she's had her newfound sobriety, and uh, you know we've all seen her on her celebrity rehab and all of this. I expected a much calmer personality, but uh, good for her. I mean, at her age, she's she's running around and definitely spunky. 
That's awesome. Okay, anonymous. Somebody anonymous wrote in and put, my boyfriend and I are a gay couple and we're fairly promiscuous. We are... We are some precautionary. What are some precautionary measures we can take to be safe, enjoy the lifestyle we desire? So, what would you? What would be your advice to a promiscuous gay couple that wants to enjoy that type of lifestyle? But and everyone's different. We talk about this here on the show all the time, like monogamous versus not being a monogamous, and how some people, you know, even straight couples, some of them can be swingers. Other couples, they don't want to see their, you know, that's the last thing they want to do is see their, you know, partner with somebody else. So, what would be well, your you know advice? The, the largest. The largest uh, private group of uh, cruise charters who actually ch- charter cruise ships is actually straight swingers. Yeah, and right I'm not behind surprised. them is actually gays. I'm not lying. It's totally yeah, true. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised at all. A, an, an open and promiscuous gay couple. Well, obviously, there's condoms. That's sort of the, the, the easy answer there. Um, but they're not foolproof even in themselves. So, I mean, beyond that, I think I've talked about it before on your show a little bit. There's something called. PrEP that's out on the market, Truvada. So that that medication is kind of an amazing thing that's come around in the last few years um, that really can enable people to be a little safer. It doesn't mean you don't practice safe sex, but it's 98% effective, to my knowledge, as an anti-HIV. So you have to wow. take it every day. It's one pill. It's extremely expensive, but in some cases you can get it covered depending on your doctor and your coverage. Um, but it's something that I hope in the future is, is, is more readily available at a much lower price. Uh, it just remains to be seen when there's a generic that can be offered. But um, if you have the potential to be able to get on it or talk to your doctors about it, it, it really could be something to give you a lot of peace of mind, especially and if you say are the name in, of it again. open and promiscuous. Say the name of it again, uh, because you know what? We haven't talked about it on this show. You and I talked about it on the phone, and I was like, what? I'm like, really? Oh, my goodness. So I'm so thankful that you're sharing this information because we want to give people, you know, educational advice as well. So what is the name of the drug again? I mean, it's, it's, it's referred to as PrEP, but okay. um, the actual drug itself is called Truvada. So okay. they, they, give it to pa- they give it to patients who are HIV positive, but additionally so, and those patients have to stay on it or else you build up a resistance to it if you were to go off it, and then it sort of doesn't work, I guess, as well as medication towards your HIV. But if you take it and you don't have HIV, it acts as a preventative, and it's 96 to 98% effective as long as you wow. take it every day like you're supposed to. That's so um, it really can, can be something that really helps people who have a ferocious sexual appetite. Okay, Kristen wrote in, that wouldn't be us at all. Kristen wrote in, I saw Justin on, (laughs) no, not at all. (laughs) Kristen wrote in and said, I saw Justin on New Money and thought they were a little rude. I'm sure Justin faces a lot of bullies and less kind words. How has he learned to deal with them? You know, I mean, New Money was interesting because, of course, when they sold the show to me, they sold it as, we're going to do lifestyles of the fabulous, and it's going to be like cribs, and we're going to make you guys look amazing. And then, of course, I they, remember. They, yeah. throw the, they edit it, and they put these twists in. And, I mean, I can't say that I'm dismayed with the show. It, it's funny. I mean, I laugh yeah. my ass off at it. I mean, you it have was to fun. It's fun. It's a fun show. Yeah. Well, I just love the tacky and taste ways that people spend their money and mine was on my body <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. um it was i i just i mean i read some of the comments of course you know i i go through my social media and i and i definitely do look at some of them and sometimes i'm appalled at the things people write but i i actually enjoy leaving them up there because it's interesting 
interesting to see how people who are supporters of me respond to the naysayers. Yes. And it definitely it keeps the ball rolling. It keeps everyone talking. And, and all they're, the haters are really doing is fueling the fire for me and my celebrity Absolutely. as a TV personality. So um, I have to look at it and take it in stride that way because, uh, I mean, if not, you'd really get down on your luck. In person, I never come across negativity that way. Or if I do, it just completely goes over my head. Uh, but I, I feel like it's, it's I feel, and that's possible because I'm a little ditzy, but I mean, maybe that keeps me happier. I um, like that too, like, though. I'll be like, I didn't hear that. I think it's just my lovely selective hearing, but I don't either. <laughs> like I have a lot of naysayers. I mean, I have people that are related to me that can't stand what I do. They think I'm so like liberal and, you know, oh my gosh, you're friends with this person and that person. Like how, like, how do you relate to these people? And so I have naysayers too. And I think that, you know, it it does. It just it does just make you haters just make you more famous. They really do. So I think you're dealing with it the right way. Okay, Richard, I want to get to the rest of these Thank questions you. if we can. Some of them. Let's see here. Um, Richard wrote in. Will there ever be a quote unquote perfect look for Justin, or will he keep having these cosmetic procedures for the rest of his life? Duh. Uh, that's, that's easy for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a lifer on this one. Uh, there, there's, no, <laughs> there's no end goal here. Um, it's sort of like the consistent process of continual reinvention of yourself. I mean, the logo on my website, if you look at it, it's the two J's in, in opposing angles. And the idea yes. is sort of that it's the infinity symbol to sort of symbolize, you know, like a consistent change and modification. And, and I really get off on body mod. And, and it's not really that I'm as much a plastic surgery junkie who's looking to fit in with some sort of Western ideal of what beauty is. To the contrary, I really enjoy making people think and being a, a very unconventional person in my thought process. Yes. And typically you don't see the body mod individuals joining with the plastic surgery junkies, but I'm sort of the middleman uh, in between those two. And, I'm, and I use plastic surgery as a way to sort of customize myself. And for me, it's about setting myself apart as an individual. And I don't foresee that ever wanting to stop. So Absolutely. as long as I have doctors willing to work on me and I have the means to be able to procure my artistry, then I would assume I'll continue to find ways to modify myself. I love it. I love it. Awesome. This was an interesting question. Dr. Ken wrote in, Justin was so awesome on Botch. The implant he designed was very impressive. I feel like with his vast knowledge in the field, Justin would be the ideal plastic surgeon. Is this something right. you would ever consider? Oh, I missed my calling in life, I do think. Uh, you know, if I had been born into a family of means and or started this journey earlier and realized that I had a passion and a possibility to ever do this in my life, I think I would have been a plastic surgeon, and I think it would have been really rewarding for me. And unfortunately now, I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm 34 years old, and by the time I get through med school, I'd be in my late 40s, you know, having specialized in plastic surgery. And I don't know that I necessarily want to make that commitment, but I will say that I do think I missed my calling with it, and I'm going to make the best to do as much as I can with the skill set that I have yes. and, and with the doctors that are now available to me. And I enjoy what I do, but I definitely wish I could get my hands on a lot of these individuals and be able to work my magic on them because I have a plan for them in my head, and it's hard to have to consistently work in tandem with other doctors because you're you're competing with power and you're also competing with an aesthetic vision with someone else's and and a lot of times I do wish I could just have my way and and get it get it right in my eyes for other people right. to be able to enjoy it and to take 
take take the full kudos for for sort of being able to transform people, and I have to share it now. But that's just sort of <laughs> the universe brought this around to me, so I have to accept it. I think designing the implants and being a consultant is so powerful, and then you have all your media stuff that you're doing as well. So the path that you're on is for a purpose and a reason, and it's gonna it's already inspired so many. It's gonna inspire so many more. Okay, Anthony wrote in to put, "What is the craziest thing Justin has ever done sexually?" I don't know if I can answer. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know what other people's idea of crazy is. You I mean, know, you're about... on Doctor Zoe today, so these questions oh. are going to come in. Real, raw, um, relevant well, information about well, love, sex, and relationships. I'm, 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 I'm kind of a person who does get validated a lot through sexual attention, and and I will say I get bored easily um, when it comes to sex. I'm great at emotional monogamy. But um, sexually, I, I, I enjoy variety. And so, I mean, that can come in the form of groups. I'm also typically a little bit more on the submissive side of things. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually a big fanatic of, I don't know if anybody ever watches a lot of, like, Asian porn, but Bukkake is kind of, like, one of my favorite things, to be honest. I think that's okay, so and you weird. have to explain what that is because people do oh, not God. know. <laughs> we can't Come on. <laughs> Okay, bukkake is where there's, like, one sub in the middle, and there's, like, multitudes of people around. Well, wait, I'll just go back to how it started. It started as sort of in Asia. It was a punishment. When women used to commit infidelity on their marriage, as a punishment, they would be put into the center of the village, and all of the other men would have to come out, and they would ejaculate on the woman as a form of public humiliation. Mm-hmm. And o- over time, all the rest of us kind of like stoning, this. kind of like stoning <laughs> the woman. But this was their way. Go ahead. I love this. Go ahead. Explain. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so, so as a form so of, of of humiliation, when a woman would commit adultery, <laughs> they would put her in the center. And let's get this straight: men would jerk off on her, and they would, you know, ejaculate <laughs> on her to make her feel like, you know, whatever. But go De- ahead. Degrade, go degrade, degraded, yes. and publicly humiliated. Yes. Right. So, I mean. In a way, I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily even the humiliation portion as much as it is that I'm a big attention whore. Exactly. And I, like, <laughs> and I, I, want, everyone's, I want everyone's attention. Yes. So, um, yes. So sure, I love, I get, a, I, I mean, I love when guys send me videos and they're just like moaning my name and they're jerking off. Like, I don't know why. I don't acknowledge them. I get so many of them. Thanks a lot, guys. But, you know, and sometimes when it's a married person or something like that, like it makes me sick. But I, I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. So I can get it. So this is something, this is like one of your fetishes or something that you enjoy. And it's basically the fact sure. that you like the fact that so many guys are getting off on you. That's really exactly. What it comes down it's to. it's yes. it's that the the, the attention is really all on me and the dolly on me, and that there's multiple people that are willing to give it. Even in lieu of being in a group, their attention is not divided on anyone else. It's solely it would be solely on me. Okay, next question. Fernando writes in and put, I can't help but notice in many of Justin's pictures and television appearances, his bulge is very large. Has he had any penis enlargement (laughs) procedures? And if so, which ones? 
Oh, you guys are crazy. I mean, I know all about the cosmetic procedures of the penis, everything from girth and length enhancement. I know. We talked about your friend that has like a 16. Wait, wait. What about your friend, the guy we talked about last time on the show that has like a 16-inch dick or something? Yeah, he's 13 inches around by 16 (sighs) long. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And he's... And he's and he's he's a, a, a pretty big. great straight guy t- tatted up and and he he augmented his and it's uh it's it's a it's definitely a, a novelty piece it's a conversation piece. <laughs> <laughs> Here's <laughs> my dick, bam! <laughs> <laughs> conversation piece, nice conversation piece. You can't piece. Okay. do much with it. <laughs> Back to you. Back to you. Have you had any enlargement procedures? And if so, which ones? <laughs> I I I I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. So in other words, we're just gonna like not go on record with this thing, and we're gonna and just and so just say you know. Oh, so Justin loves his package. What about the ass? Uh, I, Are the ass? All, can we talk about the ass? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So tell me <laughs> yeah, about I, the ass. So I've I've had uh, my buttocks in, injected with with silicone, mind you. Um, we're 17 times now. So it's like a building process. So it's not that wow. you did like the first time. You just do like a little bit, let it heal, a little bit, let it heal, a little bit, let it heal. So, I mean, right now, I mean, I definitely don't want any more mass. But on occasion, I'll just go and do the top shelf part just to like get a little lift, you know, okay. once every couple of years. But I definitely don't need any more mass on it. But, you know, I needed, I needed an ass as a lure for a husband. I mean, you know, women get their breasts done all the time. I needed a buttock. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. You look so amazing. I mean, I think it's, I love where you're on New Money and you're getting fitted for the suit. And the guy is like, oh, this is very unusual. You have such broad shoulders and such a little waist. And oh, and your buttocks. And you're like, wait a second, I'm a, what was it, a 38 year measurement? And you're like, oh, I should be at least, I should be at least a 40. I should. I look yes. like a 40 or a 42, I thought. <laughs> you look amazing. You look amazing. I love you. I Thank love your you. style. I love your finesse. I love that you are so out of the box and doing your own thing. And I love your mind. You are so fucking intelligent. I love the way you do business, like I've said several times on the show tonight. And I just adore you. So before we let you. you go, and thank you so much for being back on the show, and before we let you go, I want you to tell all the listeners again where they can connect with you. <laughs> you can find me on justinjedlicka.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-J-E-D-L-I-C-A. And uh, equally so, my Instagram and my Twitter are all exactly the same with the, the typical Instagram Twitter slash J-U-S-T-I-N-J-E-D-L-I-C-A. And, of course, Justin will be back on Dr. Zoe today whenever he has a new project going on, and we will be discussing everything going on in his career. So tune in next time. 